I love this time of year because we're all thinking about goals and priorities and what we want. But have you added take a vacation to the list? Because you should. And right now is the perfect time to plan your trip. And all you need is one website. Say hello to Expedia. One-stop shop for killer vacation planning. Expedia literally has every tool and everything you need to plan a great trip. Download the Expedia app or visit Expedia.com to start planning. You do need to be a one key member to use price tracking. Signing up is easy and free. Expedia, made to travel. The Mel Robbins Podcast is proudly sponsored by Amica Insurance, our exclusive insurance partner. Amica Insurance is all about empathy. They know that your auto, home, and life insurance are more than just policies. Home insurance is about protecting the life you've built. Auto insurance is there to protect you on the road ahead. That's why Amica takes a consultative approach to help protect what matters most to you. They're a customer-owned insurance company that puts your needs first, and their representatives are available 24-7 for claim-related matters. As Amica says, empathy is our best policy. Hey, it's your friend Mel, and welcome to the Mel Robbins Podcast. Ah, I am so overwhelmed with emotion and gratitude today. And I want to start by saying thank you. They always say that you should pay very close attention to the people that you feel like you can share good news with. Like, just stop and think about that. When you have good news, who do you go to? There are those people you can turn to, you know, they're going to celebrate you, you know, there's going to be no weirdness, you don't feel weird sharing it because you know, like people are rooting for you. And then you've got those people in your life that when good things happen, hmm, interesting, you don't share it with them. Well, when I think about good news, I think about you. And so I wanted to start the episode today by sharing some extraordinary news with you. You ready? I found out about an hour ago, that the Mel Robbins podcast is the fifth most followed podcast of 2023 on Apple globally. Number five. I, I, I am literally, I mean, first of all, that's my number, the five second rule, the high five habit, but number freaking five in the world. And you know what? That's not all. One of our episodes was named the number six most shared episode in the world of all of 2023 on both Spotify and Apple. And I could not wait to tell you. And I want to put this in perspective, both for me and for you, because this is insane. First of all, when you think about podcast episodes, I looked this up. There's 182 million individual podcast episodes that you could listen to. And one of ours was the number sixth most shared episode in the world. It was the one on the let them theory. I'm sure you're not surprised because you're the one that made it one of the most shared episodes in the world. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I looked up the number of podcasts that there are, and there are at least 3.2 million podcasts that are published every single year, according to Statistica. I can't even say that word, but what I can say is thank you. You made this small little show a big freaking deal because we are now top 10 in the entire world. And one other thing I want to say to you is that I think it's really important for you to hear something from me. Not a single one of the women 
on our all-female team that creates, produces, publishes, edits, markets the Mel Robbins podcast, not a single one of us has ever worked on a show like this ever. In fact, some of us have never done the jobs that we're doing right now before. And yet, you know what? We're doing it. And we're not only doing it, we're killing it. And that means something important. It means so can you. So please, I know that you tune into the Mel Robbins podcast because you are spending time listening to something that can help you improve your life. And I freaking love that. Please remind yourself that the Mel Robbins podcast is not only here to inspire and empower you to change your life for the better, but we are also an example that you can do the things that you dream about. You can figure it out. You can make a difference in the world. It is worth working on. And so thank you for your support. Thank you for sharing the show. If you don't follow the show already, please, please, please subscribe and follow. Thank you for watching the podcast on YouTube. So thank you for letting me share that with you. And now let's just get to the episode. Today's episode is dedicated to you. And I love how the world works. You know, I always say the portal is open. There is synchronicity everywhere if you're willing to look for it. And so we had already planned on recording a show about supporting you in launching whatever you want to launch. And so today's episode is dedicated to you, to your dreams, to your goals, to the side hustle that you want to create, to the books that you want to write, to the podcasts that you want to record, the YouTube videos that you want to post, the songs that you want to sing, and the nonprofits that you dream of launching that will change this world. Your friend Mel Robbins is here to tell you that whatever it is that you dream about, I not only know that you can create it and make it true, I believe that you will. That's why I keep showing up to keep you going forward. And so today I have something super cool to share with you. I'm going to share a conversation with you that I had a few weeks ago. I was in Oklahoma City and I sat down with a guy by the name of Chris Allen at the Entrepreneur Studio and I answered all kinds of questions from their audience about the secrets to success. And before we jump in and share that conversation with you, I want to say get a pen because I was on fire that day. I have so many tactics, so many hacks, so many secrets to share with you. And I also want to give a huge shout out to Chris, their team, and my awesome friends at Heartland for allowing us to share this insanely motivational coaching session with you. The first question that you're going to hear is a question I get a lot. Mel, how did you get where you are right now? What is the secret to your success? And the answer is I pick one thing every year that I want to focus on mastering, and then I have a particular mindset hack that makes me succeed. Let's go. All right. Question one, how did you successfully transition from being one of the many voices on social media and podcasts discussing everyday life challenges to becoming a prominent figure in the self-help industry? Catherine wants to know, can you share your insights into the strategies that helped you propel to this level? Yeah, I think one of the biggest insights is um, if everything is important, nothing is. I cannot emphasize enough how important it is to have a game plan for a year about what is going to be the singular focus that you're going to really care about the most because you can't care about everything. And so if you think about my career, there's a lot that's public and a lot that's private. 
So the public facing things in my career are what everybody sees. It's the 10 million followers. It's the, you know, hit podcast. It's the books that I've published. But that's not the heart and soul of my business. I have been um, leapfrogging. Remember that game where you hop over the next person and they hop over? I've been leapfrogging my way to the position that I'm in now. And it's been a toggle between things that I do publicly and things that are happening in the background. So a lot of people don't realize that I was for many years the most sought after and booked female speaker on the corporate circuit. I did nothing but go to stages around the world working with the world's biggest brands at these massive sales events or corporate retreats, speaking and teaching and sharing research and training people. And that's where I gained all my expertise is the work I was doing privately. That's where I started to gain a huge following and a tremendous level of respect and all of this skill that was being built in the background. And so what I want to really have you think about is what is the one thing that you would want to focus on mastering this year? So about six or seven years ago, for me, the one thing I really wanted to master is I wanted to somehow figure out how to take the things going on in private and make it part of our social media strategy. And so I did what I always do with anything I'm trying new that I want to master. I became a student of it before I executed it. And so I studied people six years ago that were doing really cool things on social media, like Gary Vaynerchuk. I started studying a lot of the viral companies that repackage and curate information like Upworthy. I mean, there's so many OGs. I mean, now it's like everybody has these viral strategies, but back in the day, that was not what everybody did. And so I was looking at EllenTube. I was looking at YouTube. I was picking everything apart and I was becoming a student of it. And then I started to apply what I was learning. When I got into the podcast business, I had done audiobooks and audiobook productions for partners like Audible, but I had never launched a podcast. And so I studied it for two years. I watched meticulously what my buddy Jay Shetty was doing. I watched meticulously what the number one female podcast host was doing, who is Alex Cooper, who is on Spotify. She uh, hosts a show called Call Her Daddy, but she's only on Spotify. And so I just meticulously watched the people that I really admired. I watched Howard Stern. I watched Delilah on radio and I picked apart what they were doing. I became a student of it. And it took me two years, two years of studying, two years of managing a pivot in my business, but it was the number one thing that I was focused on. The thing that I'm focused on now is YouTube. Now that we have launched our podcast and completely destroying it in terms of download numbers and success and reach and growth, now I'm pivoting and I'm now tearing apart YouTube because I see that as the single biggest way to reach more people. And so every move that I've made has been a combination of either something that I've picked privately, like I'm going to be the number one female speaker in the world. That's what I'm going to do. And then I became that. I'm going to take all these private conversations and I'm going to figure out how to put those on social media because these conversations between me and somebody at a grocery store or on a sidewalk are way more compelling than these things I'm saying on a stage. And then I'm like, I, I feel called to launch a podcast. There are 6 million podcasts on Spotify alone. How the hell am I going to do this? How am I going to like figure this out? How am I going to change my business? 
Most podcasts don't make any money. If I stop speaking, where's the money going to come from? How am I going to pay for my team? And so I became a student of it. Now it's about YouTube. What is the kind of content we want to create? What does it feel like? What, what, what do successful channels do? I don't want it to look like that. What do I? And so pick something for the year that you want to master and become a student of it, then execute. That's my advice. Good advice. All right. Amy, an entrepreneur from Chicago says there's so much doom and gloom in the news right now. And sometimes it really gets to me. How can I maintain the optimism needed to stay motivated in the face of so much bad news? Amy, stop watching the news. Now it sounds trite, right? But stop watching the news. First of all, there's profound research around why uh, Sean Anker, who's a famous happiness researcher out of Harvard, has found in his studies that simply watching a minute of news in the morning can have a negative impact on you for up to six to eight hours all day. And here's why this is critical. The most important resource that you have as a business owner is your time, your attention, and your energy. If you are giving your time, your attention, and your energy to either negative news or to social media, you are shooting yourself and your business in the foot. And so I want you to start to take your time, your attention, and your energy very, very seriously. Because whatever it is that you allow as input profoundly impacts your output. And one of the first things that you could do is remove watching the news or consuming news from your morning diet. Do not look at it. It does not concern you. I don't watch the news because what I know is that if there is something important going on, everybody around me will be talking about it. Then I can choose to tune in or not. Second thing you should do is you should immediately go to your social media accounts. And I want you to get extremely just selfish is even the wrong word. I want you to get strategic about the accounts that you follow. This is all input. You are voluntarily giving your attention, time, and energy to other accounts, to brands, to influencers, to people. If that input is not lifting you up, is not making you smarter, is not helping you focus in business, delete if you're scared about what Aunt Susie Q is going to do when you unfollow her, you can just hit mute. But you have to start taking the input that you are getting profoundly seriously because it does impact the output. That's good stuff. All right, uh, Alex, e-commerce clothing store owner in LA, asks, when there are lulls and slow times in your small business, how do you decide if it's time to A, hang it up and close your business, B, pivot the direction of your business, or C, keep pushing through the slow sales period? So I want you to use the four Ps, project, process, product, and people. And by the project, I want you to look at any slow period in your business as a research project. That's how we're going to attack this, okay? And when there is a slow period in your business, you are more than capable of figuring out either how to weather it or how to pivot your business to make it 
work. And so we're going to look at three things because part of the thing that happens when you go through a lull is you start to get emotional about it and you make it personal and you don't turn it into a research project. Any lull in your business is an opportunity to upgrade. You can use these periods as giving you the time back to be able to innovate your own business. And so you're going to look at three things after you've turned this into a research project. You got to look at process, product, and people because the innovation and the challenges that you're facing are in one of those three categories. So process is something about your systems. It could be about shipping. If you're running an e-commerce business, here's what I know. This is a marketing problem because e-commerce businesses are all about marketing. They're all about sales funnels. They're all about the photographs you're taking. They're all about the keywords that you're using. They're all about the campaigns that you're running. They're all about the integrations that you're using with social media. And there is somewhere in the breakdown of your e-commerce business in one of those foundational processes. And so that's number one. Number two, product. Is there something about the product in your e-commerce business? Is it stale? Have you run through the trend on a certain thing? This is really important for you to look at. So process number one, product number two, the third is people. Do you have too many? Do you have the wrong people? Is your sister still running your social media strategy? Do you need to upgrade to somebody who knows what they're doing? Or are you the people we're talking about? And if it's you, that means you're not connected to the why anymore. Like maybe you started this business because you wanted to make some extra money. It was a real quick win. But now the hustle that's involved, the margins that are involved, you're just not in it as much. So it's not really that there's a lull. It's that you're not putting into it what you need to put into it. So using those four Ps, turn it into a research project, take a look at your processes, take a look at the product, take a look at the people, including yourself. That's probably the place to start. That is how you're going to figure out the answer to that question. Great answer. Number three, this is Melanie, also an entrepreneur in LA. Launching a startup is hard and I find it easy to get distracted by other projects and jobs. We talked a little bit about this in the episode. How can I keep my motivation and focus on my own business? Okay. So what you're describing, Melanie, is the single biggest obstacle to your business. And there is a form of what I call business procrastination, where you are busy doing everything but your business, right? You are avoiding the things that feel hard because it's easier to wash the dishes. It's easier to send out that email. It's easier to fold your laundry. It's easier to go to a yoga class. It's easier to fiddle around on Pinterest than to do the actual work to grow your business. And here's the way that I um, think about this. Number one, first of all, you have done the hardest part, which is having the self-awareness that you're doing it. So that's a really important thing because procrastination, when it comes to things that you need to do or want to do, it can become a habit. And believe it or not, procrastination, when you look at the research, it is triggered by stress. And when you blow off things that feel hard, you're trying to get relief from your stress. And so your business probably stresses you out. That's why you're doing easier things. And that's why you're avoiding it. And so number one, congratulations, because you have the self-awareness to realize that you're doing it. My philosophy when I realize I've got a problem is how do I make this easier? 
how do I make this easier on myself? And so here's what I would recommend. I would think a lot about where do you do your best work? And for me, I'm easily distracted too. And so if I have to get deep work done or I have to do things that I'm avoiding, I get out of my house. I get out of my office. I'll go to a coffee shop. There's something about the ambient noise that actually makes me focus. The single most effective place for me to work is an airplane seat. Why? I'm strapped in. There's nowhere to go. The Wi-Fi is usually crappy. And so I can open up something that I really need to dig into and I can put my head down and get it done. There's also this concept that I want to explain that has been a game changer for me. There are five zones of time in the day. Five zones of time. I finally realized this. This is something I've been researching. I'm like, oh my God, there are five zones of time. So zone number one is when you wake up. You own that time. That is your time. And zone one, in my opinion, is the only time that you have that is yours. And you have to fight for it. And so many of you just casually hand it over to the internet. You look at your phone, you check your emails. Zone two begins the moment you check your email or your phone or you turn on your TV because you have turned your attention over to someone or something else. Zone three happens the second you start your workday because you have traded your time and attention for a paycheck or you have traded your time and attention to earn profits for your business. That is not your time. Do not get mad at your job. Do not get mad at your business because you are exchanging time and energy and attention in order to get money, period. Zone number four typically happens around hmm, three o'clock. That's when most of us start tapping out in terms of our mindset, but we're still sitting at our business. We're still sitting at work. And it's sort of that blurry zone. You're not gonna get any great work done there. And zone four, by the way, also expands into going home. You're cooking dinner, you're doing all this. It's sort of this gray zone of transitioning from work into the rest of your life. Zone five happens when you turn off the TV at the end of the night. Mm -hmm. That is also time that you could own, but you are probably, unless you're somebody that does your best work at night and you get that kind of night owl thing, you will be better suited to think about how to get sleep, which you need, so that when you wake up tomorrow, and you have zone one, you actually know what to do with it. That's good. And so the more that I have focused on zone one and zone five in my life, the more productive I become, the less stressed I become, the more I understand kind of what time throughout the day is, what expectations to have around it, the less resentment I feel, and it helps a lot. I am so glad you got to hear me explain the five zones of time. I plan on doing a whole episode about it, but you get the gist of it. Try it, see how it works. The zone one and zone five concept in particular has changed my life and fueled my success. Now, speaking of success, coming up, we're going to talk about specific tactical things that you can do that will build your confidence fast and a foolproof question that you can ask yourself so that you know when it's time to quit. We'll be right back. Did you know that one in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL, and now you can use it at home with your kids too? IXL would have saved me so much time at our kitchen table fighting over math problems with our son, Oakley. 
IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids covering math, language, arts, science, and social studies, and now you can access it at home. There's one site for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. It is IXL, baby. IXL is designed to help kids really understand and master topics in a fun way, powered by algorithms, so it gives the right help to each kid, no matter the age or learning level. No more trying to figure out how to explain math equation or grammar rules that I don't understand myself. IXL has built-in explanation videos. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL right now. And the Mel Robbins podcast listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com slash Mel. Visit IXL.com slash Mel to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. There are only three things that I feel like I truly can't work without. One of them is my amazing team. The second, our dogs barking while we're trying to record a podcast episode. The third, Grammarly. Grammarly is an app that will catch all of your typos and suggest better sentences and punctuation. And as somebody with dyslexia, Grammarly, holy cow, it is amazing. It is my go-to AI writing partner. It helps me communicate more effectively and efficiently because better writing makes a better impact. That's why I lean on Grammarly for emails, reports, presentations. And they're not only done, they're done better with Grammarly. I even ran that sentence through Grammarly. Make a bigger impact at work with Grammarly. Sign up and download for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcast. Easier said, done. We've all been there. You have a question about your credit card, you call the number for help, and you can't get a hold of anyone. If only you had a Discover card. With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. A real person. Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Welcome back. I'm waiting for you because the coaching only gets better. And let's jump right back in and tackle questions about confidence and the fastest way to grow your business. All right, Gia, owner of The Brush Bar in Scottsdale, is asking, uh, imposter syndrome is real, especially as you try new things and grow in your career. Once you push through and decide to make change or make a change, what are some tangible things you can do in the short term to build your confidence? So, great question. The research around confidence is very clear. Confidence is not a feeling. Here's a new definition of confidence. Confidence is the willingness to try. Confidence is the willingness to try. And the reason why this definition is critical is because the research shows that confidence, as we talk about it like a feeling, is gained from competency. Competency is a fancy word that basically means you know what you're doing. And the only way to know what you're doing is to practice it over and over and over again. And when you practice something, you start to gain skills and you lose your resistance and your fear around it. And that's where the feeling of confidence comes in. But in order to gain confidence, you have to be willing to try something you've never done before. And so you have confidence and you display confidence when you're willing to try something. That's it. And so you got to keep that definition in mind. That's number one. Number two, it really helps me when I'm learning a new skill to imagine a bridge. 
I believe that all transitions and all like learning curves are just bridges. You start on one side and you have to cross a bridge and it's going to get you to the other side. Some bridges are like that one in San Francisco. Long, it's covered in clouds, you can't see the other side, but you know eventually you're going to get there if you just keep putting one foot in front of the other. You just keep trying. Another thing I want you to understand is that the single most confident thing that anybody could say is a three-word sentence. Most confident thing. I don't know. When somebody is in a meeting and they're asked a question and you say, I don't know, but I can find out. I don't know. Don't you immediately trust that person? Mm -hmm. Of course. It takes a lot of confidence to just say that in a room. And so what I want you to understand is imposter syndrome only means you're on the bridge. The way you cross the bridge is waking up every day and just trying, just being willing to try. You don't have to have all the answers. You have to have the courage to say, I don't know. And when you focus on just waking up every day and trying, you build the skills, which lowers the resistance and fear, which makes you competent, which then makes you catch up to feeling confident. Super helpful. Number six, uh, Gia has a follow-on question. What advice would you give to someone as the thing that helped to propel you the fastest? Was it mentorship, joining communities, hiring PR, bringing on a partner? What was the thing that changed the game? Well, I'll tell you the thing that doesn't, hiring PR. I personally believe that's a waste of money. Your customers are your single biggest PR and your social media. Get serious about that. And nobody's going to do it as well as you do. So that's number one. Number two, mentorship is great if you have a mentor that has the time to be engaged. Otherwise, mentorship can feel awesome in the beginning and then you start to feel like you're chasing somebody. So I feel that the fastest things that have propelled me is number one, joining communities. See, the mistake that we always make is we think that our competitors are against us. There is so much success and opportunity to go around. The very people that you think you're competing with should be your closest allies because you can learn from them. And if you're worried about the people that are in your kind of business around you, get into an online community with other entrepreneurs. Because when you're in a community, you share back and forth. It's not a one-way situation that a mentor can be. You need to be with other people that day in and day out are running a small retail business or running the kind of business that you're running and learn from them. What you will learn from them is going to pay back dividends that I can't even put money on because here's the thing. Your family has no idea what you're going through. Your friends have no idea what you're going through. They don't run the business. Yeah. But other people, even if they're running a retail business or a service business that's different than what you're offering, they freaking get it. That's why you're listening to this podcast because we freaking get it. And so the more you're around those communities, the better. Second thing, bringing on a partner. This is a minefield because we think a partner will solve all our problems. Mm -hmm. Let me tell you something. The wrong partner will create more problems. And you want to tread very carefully in this area because we way too quickly turn over authority to someone else 
and give people a stake in something that we've built because we're overwhelmed and because we have not taken the time to truly problem solve where the pain points are in the business. And so do not make the mistake of thinking that a partner is going to solve all your problems. The right partner will, but I say this because in building my business over the last 10 years, I had a partner who was fantastic and then that partner was really horrible. And that partner was also not happy and knew that it was not a good fit. I would recommend that you try to grow and you hire in expertise. And what ends up happening is that the right person, as you are hiring an expertise, will start to appear and act like a partner. Mm -hmm. Now, that's for an existing business. If you're starting a business, it's great to start with a partner because then it's not as lonely. Um, but if you have an existing business and you think a partner is going to solve all your problems, you're wrong. I would hire an expertise. And then if the person is partnership material, based on how they're operating in the role, that will become evident. Yeah. Yeah. Great stuff. Tasha says, as a business owner for a few years now, I've continued my day job to provide for my family and let the business uh, income balance. It's now been three years and I believe I'm ready to run my business full time. But when do you truly know when it's time to take that leap of faith and how do you justify the pros and cons? So there's a huge difference between taking a leap of faith and making a decision to step in a business. I'm gonna say that again. There is a huge difference between taking a leap of faith and making a decision to step into a business. One of those is just like, let's go. Okay, I'm tired of doing both. The other is a calculated risk where you have looked at cash flow, you understand your budget and the uh, income that you need in order to pay your bills. You have cut back on your spending in order to give yourself a bigger runway. That is a calculated risk. And that is the definition of stepping into a business, that you've actually looked at the numbers, you understand the runway that you have, and that you are comfortable tolerating the risk. And the reason why this is important is because too many people make the leap instead of making the decision. And when you make the leap too soon, you put unnecessary pressure on your business. And when you start to feel the pressure financially, you are not going to perform well as a business owner. And I pulled some research on this because I think this is really important because I do want to acknowledge you, Tasha, for keeping your day job while you let the business income balance. That is a crazy smart decision and it's supported by the research. So I'm going to read here that entrepreneurs who keep their day jobs are more successful. A robust study of entrepreneurs from researchers at University of Wisconsin-Madison found that those who kept their day jobs, at least at first, were 33% less likely to fail in their new venture. Adam Grant, the youngest tenured professor at Wharton University of Pennsylvania School of Business, put it this way. Quitting your full-time job to start a company is like proposing marriage on the first date. The most durable businesses are typically started by people who play it safe. 
Don't go in all guns blazing. Start it off as a hobby and see if it takes off. That's exactly what you've done, Tasha. You're now three years into this. It is not a hobby. It is taking off. The business income has balanced. You are making a calculated decision based on the research, 33% less likely to fail. So you're a genius. Isn't this awesome? I know you're getting a lot out of it because like Tasha, you are a genius too because you're investing time in listening to something that is going to help you create a better life. And you know what else is going to help you create a better life? Some of these sponsors that bring you the Mel Robbins podcast. So let's take a quick listen to them and I will be waiting for you after the break because some of the best coaching is coming next. Stay with us. Oh my God, I love our sponsor, Thrive Market. You want to know why? I'm a big snacker, especially if the snacks are healthy, because when they're healthy, I feel I can eat more. You know what I mean? I love a good chip, and they carry my favorite brand, Zach's. I also love a little chocolate, and they got my favorite brands there. My absolute favorite place to find snacks that don't only taste delicious, but are healthy, Thrive Market. It only gets better. Thrive Market delivers my favorite snacks to my doorstep. In fact, we use Thrive Market at our studios in Boston. Back up the truck. Let's unload the chips. Thrive Market is my no-junk-food healthy grocery store that delivers on demand. And you can use their on-site filters to curate your own shopping experience to make simpler, healthier swaps. Save time and money and shop Thrive Market today. Go to thrivemarket.com slash Mel for 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash Mel. Thrivemarket.com slash Mel. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. You know, we all carry around different stressors, big and small, but when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect you pretty negatively. Therapy is my favorite way to get things off my chest and figure out what the heck is weighing me down. And you know what else I love about it? I can complain about my family without them hearing me. It's amazing. And then they help me problem solve. And then when I leave therapy, I can act like a better person instead of the stressed out freak lunatic that is constantly screaming at my husband and my kids because I can't handle my stress. Therapy helps you do that. It's the place to have open, honest conversations about the issues that are impacting you. And more importantly, it gives you a place to figure out strategies to do better. It's never been easier to start therapy. Start with BetterHelp. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Mel Robbins today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Mel Robbins. Have you ever heard about the Your Garage feature on cars.com? Here's how it works. You add your car to Your Garage to track its market value and cash in when the time is right to sell. Track both your car's historical, real-time, and projected value. And then, when it's time to sell, easily secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. Welcome back. I told you I'd be waiting for you. And you know what else is waiting for you? More incredible coaching from that conversation in Oklahoma City. So let's just jump right back into the questions. Laura, who's an entrepreneur in Kansas City, asks, wellness and self-care are all over the place. As a driven entrepreneur, I have a hard time believing in anything but hard work and hitting goals. And that's just so I can grow my business. That said, I'm tired 
and feel signs of burning out from time to time. What self-care should I invest in? I don't have time for trips to the spa, let alone a vacation. (laughs) So I need you to hear me loud and clear. Wellness and self-care is a business strategy. This is so important because entrepreneurs in particular are horrible at life balance. And, you know, I shouldn't even use that word life balance because there is really no balance. Like you're always going to be working because no one's going to care as much as your biz- about your business as you. But here's what I want you to understand. And this was a huge wake up call for me. When you're constantly burning the candle at all ends, you're frying your nervous system. There is research from Dr. Judith Willis out of UCLA who studies the connection between a stressed out nervous system and brain functioning. When your nervous system is on edge because you're working all the time and everything's important and you think busyness is success and you think everything has to be done today and you are up until the wee hours and you have no life and you're constantly thinking and constantly on your phone, you are not able to tap in to the full capacity of executive functioning. Your sympathetic nervous system, which is your fight, fight, flee, freeze, overworking, entrepreneurial nervous system, impairs your prefrontal cortex. So your speed of processing, your working memory, your clarity, your ability to engage in strategic thinking and decision-making, impaired. And I'm on a mission to get every entrepreneur and small business owner to understand that your nervous system regulation, meaning being able to have moments where you can take a breath, where you can drop into your body, where you're not on your phone, this isn't for wellness. This is so that your business is better. And it makes sense. Can you drive a car 24 hours a day? No, you'll run out of gas. You're doing the same thing to yourself and it is killing your business. And one of the things that I've done in the last three years is when I read this research from Dr. Judith Willis, it was, you know, during the pandemic. And I realized I have since 2014 been sprinting and working 100 hour weeks and calling it success. And when I finally went, wait a minute, how could I possibly be the best I could be in this business if I never take a break? How could I possibly make good decisions if I'm running from this thing to this thing to this thing? How could I possibly innovate or be smarter about what I'm doing if I am always on my phone and always in the middle of a fire? The fact is you can't. And so this is not about self-care. This is about ritualizing in your daily routine the ability to take a pause, to step away, so that your freaking brain can help you. Because you're not helping your brain if you're operating like this. And the other thing that I can't stand is that we've sort of romanced this hustle culture, which might work for single guys, but it does not work for anybody with a family. It does not work for people that are taking care of kids. It does not work for most women. And if you're working all the time, 
you're not working smart. And so here's what I would say. Here's some things that I think you need to do. And this is not about a spa. It's not about a vacation. But if you think taking a vacation is a problem, that's a problem because you do need to step away. The research is also very clear that you'll come up with your best ideas when you are away from your business. You will come up with your best ideas when you're taking a bath. You'll come up with your best ideas when you're outside taking a walk without your phone or without listening to anything in your ears. And so here's some simple things that I do that I see as not only self-care and wellness and for my health, but I see this as essential pieces of my business. So... I wake up when the alarm rings and I roll out of bed. The phone is not near me. I do not look at my phone because this is zone one of the five zones of time. I walk into, or I make my bed. I always make my bed first thing in the morning because there's this momentum to just having it done. I walk into the bathroom. I have... 16 ounces of water. I keep a mason jar right there and I just drink 16 ounces of water. I look in the mirror, I high five myself into the day and then I get outside and I take a minimum of a 10 minute walk. And here's the thing about the walk. I walk like I'm light. And if I remember to, I try to smile occasionally. Now, the reason why I'm taking this walk, I might have my phone in my fanny pack with my dog treats and I literally walk down the driveway and walk back up. 10 minutes, walking like you're late. First of all, add years on your life. Secondly, it's a way to boost your mood. Third, you are getting exposure to bright light, which resets your circadian rhythms, which will help you with sleep. Hugely important, okay? Um, so 10 minutes, walk like you're late outside. That's my walk. I haven't looked at my phone yet. Really, really, really important. Next thing, I sit down and I just have a notebook and I just kind of free form dump my thoughts because I typically have all kinds of ideas that come yeah. while I'm outside. And also you're not listening to anything. You're not on the phone. You're not listening to a podcast. You're not looking at social media when you're walking. You are letting all five senses come alive. There's always some kinds of ideas. I write down all my ideas and then I pick the one thing that is my priority for the day. The one thing. That's it. That's it. Because I know that my whole day is going to go to responding to things. But there is one thing that I can inch forward, the progress principle, make 15 minutes of progress, right? Then I um, always send a quick text or video message to friend or family member. That's changed loneliness for me. It's made me really proactive about friendships, which has been a game changer. And then I grab my hot 15. And when I grab my hot 15, hot 15 for me is 15 minutes making progress on something that matters. And then I'm allowed to look at email. And that's when zone two starts. And the only other variation on this is after my walk, if I do have time, that's when I'll get exercise in. Yeah. That's it. That's it. That, that right there is wellness. It's protecting my mind. And the other thing that has made a huge difference for me is prioritizing sleep. The more successful I get, the older I get, the earlier I go to bed because your sleep is not just about you resting. It is profoundly important for memory. It is profoundly important for your brain health. And 
it literally makes me better at the work that I do. And it sure as hell makes me more money. Mm -hmm. So you will make more money when you start to take your brain health and breaks from work and being smarter about time on and time off way more seriously. Yeah. I love the trade that you said earlier about trading some of your zone five for your zone one, which is, which is your time. Mm -hmm. Really, really awesome stuff. Self-care is a business strategy. All right. Last question. Uh, Laura's asking, I have a business idea, but I'm scared to execute because I don't know how I could possibly balance life as a busy entrepreneur with being a wife and a mom. Being a woman entrepreneur seems impossible. What tips do you have, Mel? Um, So this is a question about self-doubt. That's all that this is. And I don't know what messaging Laura has gotten, but I personally think being a female entrepreneur is one of the most amazing things you could do for your kids because you are modeling what it looks like to have something purposeful in your life that means something to you and waking up every morning and doing the work to chip away at it. And, you know, to every mom and dad out there, don't you want your kids to live a life where they pursue something meaningful to them? Well, who's going to teach them that? You are. And so that's number one. Number two is because this is about self-doubt, you know, maybe you didn't have female entrepreneurs in your life. Maybe you've been getting a lot of messaging about what your role is. You got to change the story. And um, there is something that um, we can provide to you or whatever, but it's something that I use called the iceberg model. It is a design systems thinking model where you take a look at how the story that you tell yourself ladders up to the actions that you're actually taking. So the story that you tell yourself, which already we know is, I can't balance life as an entrepreneur. I can't be a business owner as a wife and a mom. Being a woman entrepreneur is impossible. That's the story you're telling. Oh yeah. So then that ladders up to this belief that it's going to be impossible for me to do this, which then ladders up to the actions that you're taking, which is you're not, you're just thinking. And just thinking that this is impossible, yet still wanting to do it, ladders up to the ultimate thing, which is, of course, you don't have any results. Of course, you haven't done it. Why would you? If the story that you're telling yourself is that, how could I possibly balance this? So we have to attack this at the story level. And Here's the thing that's missing, Laura. You have a business idea, but I don't know why you want to do this. Just having a business idea isn't enough. How many times have you been in a conversation and somebody's like, I thought of Uber before they did. Okay, great. So what? Here's a medal. You didn't do anything about it. And this is where the rubber meets the road. And so a couple pieces of advice. Number one, the idea is not enough. I'd do some work on why. Why would you want to do this for yourself? Would it make you proud to do this? Would it make you feel awesome to create some extra income and be able to do some fun things for the family and for yourself? Is this idea something that feels like it might bring out a part of you, your creativity, uh, service that has gone dormant because you've poured so much into the role of being a wife and a mom, which is an amazing thing to do, but there's something about you individually that you haven't tended to. Is that what this is about? So figure that out. And then I would 1000% try to model up from a different story that um, 
being a female entrepreneur is one of the best things I could do for myself and my family. And if you believe that, you'll start to see actions that you could take and you'll start to see results happening. And so I would start with the belief. I would start with why. I would then start working at this story that you're telling yourself and change it because it's not impossible. Not at all. Mm -hmm. There's millions and millions and millions of us. And in fact, there are more of us every single day. And I think it's the single greatest thing that you could do as a woman. And then the final thing is, I would a thousand percent take on the role of being a student of this. Look at your social media. Who are you following? Are you following celebrities and you're just gawking at their lives? Or are you following female entrepreneurs that are every single day in your social media feed, your board of directors and mentors that are pouring into you and inspiring you and showing you that you could do this. And so I would spend a year being a student. And what'll happen is it's not going to take a year because if you were to get rid of all the influencers and start following women in business and consuming this content and allowing it to pour into you, you're going to start to realize, oh my God, it's not only possible. All these people are doing it and it looks really fun. And I think I could do this and I think it would be really cool. And I think that something would come alive in me and all of a sudden you're going to want to do it and everything's going to flip. Well, these questions, they represent thousands uh, of people. Um, and, you know, we only picked a few. If you were to summarize uh, everything that you, you sort of heard and you had one thing to say in, in summary to, to all of these, you know, possible thousands of questions out there, what would you say? The single biggest obstacle that is in your way is the self-doubt and the the internal critic. Anytime you're going to try something new, whether it is a new business strategy or a new product line or a new pricing model on a service or a new piece of technology or a new role that you're hiring for in your business, every time you do it, it's a risk. You are stepping into the unknown. It's true. Mm. And in those moments where you're about to try something new, fear is always going to show up. It's always going to be there. You're always going to hesitate. And the secret is expecting the fear and understanding that fear is literally just a sign that you're about to try something. And even though you feel nervous or afraid or you start questioning it, you can still lean into it. You can still do it. And I can give you an example of this because we all struggle with it. What do you think the most famous tagline for any brand is in the whole world? Just do it. Just do it, right? Yeah. What is the most powerful word in that tagline? Do. No. Okay. Just. All right. You want to know why? Tell me why. Think about Nike's tagline being do it. Is that that inspiring? No. Just do it. The just acknowledges this moment of hesitation. Mm. That See, we can all relate to. Yeah. Yeah. Every athlete standing on the sideline, hesitating about jumping in the game. Every person at the starting line, hesitating as they're in the starting blocks. There is that just moment. 
in every decision that you make. And what I'm here to tell you is that we all feel it. It's there every single day. And that is where your whole life plays out. Are you going to stand on the sideline and think about it and talk yourself out of it and wait another day and another week and another year and then all of a sudden a decade goes by? Or are you going to feel that hesitation and just do it? What did I tell you? Are you ready to just go do it? I bet you are. There was so much wisdom in this, but I want to remind you of one other really important thing. Knowing is not enough. We got to take all this knowledge, all this inspiration, all of these tactics and translate it into a skill. And that means get your butt off of the sideline, get out of the stands and go five, four, three, two, one. Do the thing you've been thinking about doing. I promise you, getting started is the hardest part. You have everything that you need. You have your friend Mel Robbins behind you. And one more thing, in case nobody else tells you, I want to tell you, I love you and I believe in you and I believe in your ability to create a better life. Now, five, four, three, two, one, just do it. Three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12. Could you scoot the computer this way just a little? Oh, you know what I can do? Stop. I can move the screen. <laughs> Did you already switch out glasses? Oh, no. Why would I do that? Okay, here we go. You know, I once read that you should pay close at, let me start, that's probably, okay, right. Okay, you ready? And, um, let me see where I want to go. Oh my God. No, Ken. It always happens. Okay. Thank you so much for taking a moment to take a, oh my God. Okay. All right. Let's take a quick listen to a spot. Oh my God. Not that one. All right. I'll just do what you said. Let's jump back right in. Jesus. (laughs) Okay. Oh, and one more thing. And no, this is not a blooper. (laughs) This is the legal language. You know, what the lawyers write, and what I need to read to you. This podcast is presented solely for educational and entertainment purposes. I'm just your friend. I am not a licensed therapist, and this podcast is not intended as a substitute for the advice of a physician, professional coach, psychotherapist, or other qualified professional. Got it? Good. I'll see you in the next episode. Stitcher. Escape to Ocean City, Maryland, and discover a place that just feels lighter, where every day feels like Saturday and French fries are a food group, where flip-flops are always in fashion and seafood is always in season, where the boardwalk is bustling and the beach is right outside your door, where you can rise with the tide and feel like a kid again. Ocean City, Maryland, somewhere to smile about. Book your trip at oceocean.com. Where's my business owners? I need you to listen up. 
I got a free resource for you that will help you grow your business faster and stronger, and it will also help you find the best team and build an incredible culture. What is this free thing? It's a free ebook from Insperity, the leading HR provider. You know those guys. They're a sponsor of the show. Well, the ebook is called The Future of Business is Culture, and it will walk you through how you can create an incredible culture that drives growth. Visit Insperity.com to see how Insperity provides HR that makes a difference.